Hello, and welcome to the Dismantle Racism Show. I'm your host, the Reverend Dr. TLC. The goal of the show is to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. We really do want to create a world where racial equity is the norm. Today on our show, we're going to be talking about what made me who I am. And so I want to invite you to think about this question because all month long, because we are in Women's History Month, I'm going to actually be highlighting women, not that men didn't have a part in helping to create who I am, but really just highlighting uh, some of the women who I have learned so very much from. And so for the next um, three to four weeks, what I'm going to be doing is actually having someone else to really interview me so that you get a sense of who I am. How do I come to this work in dismantling racism? And so I want you to think about how did you get to this place where you are? Whatever your calling, whatever your passion is, who are some of the people who help to bring you along? But in particular, who are some of the people who've helped you to be a change agent, an advocate for social justice, an advocate for racial justice? Please do think about these questions over the next several weeks, and I would love to hear from you. I want you to really engage in this process. If you've enjoyed listening to the show, as many of you have, you've commented to me, please invite other folks to uh, listen to the show, to download, to stream, and please give your comments so that other people can hear them. It is wonderful to get the feedback that you give to me, but I would love for you to blast it to the world so that other people, again, can have the benefit of listening to the show and learning some things that perhaps they didn't know and being able to share the information out to others. So please make it a goal that when you listen this week, you're going to share it with at least one or two or more people. I also want to just invite you, uh, if you would, to please go to sacredintelligence.com and see what I have, uh, offerings that I have over there. It's also a way for you to contact me and get engaged um, as well to let me know if there's some way in which I can serve you or your community, whether it's a corporation or church or whatever the case may be, go to sacredintelligence.com. Now we're going to start the show as we always do. I'm going to ask you if you would to simply close your eyes if you're in a place to do so, and then plant your feet on the floor or if you're outside on the ground, and then just begin to breathe, to breathe in and out at your own pace. And then I want you to just take a really, really deep breath in and hold it and then release it. And as you're releasing it, I want you to imagine that you're a balloon and you're just releasing all of the air out of your body all of the tension out of your body, all the hurriedness out of your body, all of the angst that can get in the way of conversations about race. 
Just breathe in and out ever so deeply. And just feel into your breath. Be mindful of what it feels like to take air into your body and then to release it. What a gift that is. So just give gratitude for the ability to do that, to breathe in and out. And then be reminded that your breath indicates life. You are a living being. You are capable of doing things beyond your imagination. You first have to conceive it in your mind and in your heart. And then connect with the spirit that dwells within you. Who probably gives you the desire in the first place. So breathe in and out, connecting with your sacred source. Connecting with your divine wisdom. Knowing that you are powerful beyond belief. So simply breathe in and out and give thanks for that power. Give thanks for your ability to change the status quo. Give thanks for all that you have done to move the needle towards justice. Give thanks for all the times that you've stood up, that you've spoken out, that you've stopped racism in its tracks. So breathe in and out in gratitude. And then breathe in and out and give yourself grace for the times you haven't shown up. And simply make a commitment to do better. So breathe in and out. In and out. Now I invite you to take breath in and blow it out, understanding that what you do matters and realize that the power of one contributes to the power of community. So as you take this last breath in and blow it out, we say, and so it is, Ashe and Amen. Oh, I hope you feel as good as I do because I feel really good after I do that. Even though I am the one leading, I am fully immersed in the process. And I do that because our conversations around racism can sometimes be uh, create a lot of emotions in us. And sometimes those emotions are really good. And other times they can stop us in our tracks. And so I do that to show you how to calm yourself, to show you how to remind yourself of who you are. Because when you are engaged in conversations on race, if you allow your emotions to take place, you will accomplish very little. You will not think clearly, 
nor will you hear what the other person has said. So I really do want you to practice engaging in meditation. And a great way to do that is to go to your favorite, favorite, favorite um, streaming platform, download the meditations that I've done that accompany my book. They're all there for you. If you already have a streaming platform, it's free. Just go there and download it because you're probably already pay paying for the service anyway. So please make sure that you do that. I want to start the show today actually talking about this book, Dismantling Racism, Healing Separation from the Inside Out. And I want to invite you, if you've not already picked up the book, to please make sure that you do so. And I want to read to you my dedication. I dedicate this book to my ancestors who lived in Africa, survived the Middle Passage, which is the African's journey to America, endured enslavement, and fought to overcome racial oppression and inequities after emancipation and beyond. Your brilliance, strong will, determination, commitment, and faith in God help mold the woman I am today. This book would not have been possible without you laying the foundation and paving a better future for me. I also dedicate this book to my daughters, Ruby and Tila. I hope it will inspire each of you to build upon the legacy left by our ancestors, especially LQ and Elmira Curry. Now, interestingly enough, the dedication that I read in the beginning was a similar dedication that I wrote in my dissertation some nearly 24 years ago. Because even as I got my dissertation, my, my doctorate, I knew that I stood on the shoulders of the people who came before me. We are not an island. We are all interconnected. And everything I do is because I had ancestors who paved the way for me. And I am so grateful for them. And that's why I want to focus on them throughout this month. Some of those ancestors I know and others I have no clue of. In fact, I'm learning all the time, particularly about Black Americans who I stand on the shoulders of because we've been written out of the history books. So I'm always learning something new. So when I honor this calling of racial equity, equity advocacy, is because of them. Because most of us don't wake up in the morning saying that we're going to fight for social justice. It's not something that I think is just an eight in us. For some of us, it might be. We don't wake up just saying, oh, today I'm going to do that. And we haven't done it at any other part in our lives. I think that by the time that we decide that we're going to be committed to racial equity is because somewhere along the line, there were other folks in our history 
who planted seeds so that one day we would end up exactly where we are. Someone in our family sparked a flame inside of us. And it's something that helps us to continue the journey when things get hard. So maybe it was a family member. Maybe it was something you read in a history book. For me, I can go back to some of the people that I learned about when I was in school, but particularly the folks that I really learned about when I went to Howard University, a historically Black college and university that taught me so much about my ancestors. But also it was the grounding that I received by my parents and in my community because they taught me to stand up for equity for all people because it's the human thing to do. And so when they poured that essence, that, that those values into me, I carry it with me so that when I grew to a place where God was calling me to do the work of racial equity, it was second nature. Yes, I do believe that God kind of put that in my spirit before I ever came to this earthly realm. But I also believe that someone had to nurture it. And I also believe that had it not been for the ancestors who showed me that it is possible to change the status quo, perhaps I wouldn't be doing the work because I wouldn't have the model. But I have them and so do you. So this month, I want you to think very deeply about what made you who you are today. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I am so delighted to welcome back to the show, the Reverend Carlton E. Smith. He's been a guest on the show. As you may remember, he is a dear, dear friend of mine of uh, over 40 years. So we've known each other a long time went to high school together, grew up in uh, uh, neighboring communities, but he gets it. He understands, he knows the nurturing that I had. And so I invited him today so that we can engage in a conversation and he could ask the questions and pull from me some nuggets that I hope will be helpful to you as you're thinking about what made you who you are. This is the Dismantle Racism Show. I'm your host, the Reverend Dr. TLC, and we'll be right back. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? 
I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. We're back with the Dismantle Racism show. My guest interviewer today, not not my my guest that I will be interviewing, but the one who will flip the switch a little bit is my dear friend, the Reverend Carlton E. Smith that I mentioned to you before. And Reverend Carlton is the regional lead for the Pacific Western region of the Unitarian Universalist Association. Um, he ha- has a stellar background uh first and foremost he's a fellow bison howard university graduates graduating the year before i did because he's just a a a tad bit older than i am just a wee bit not much to talk about really um but he went to howard university for his undergraduate and also for his mdiv as well and i must say he graduated summa cum laude because you know he's got he's he's got those um bri- that smarts and brilliance but also howard university has its way of cultivating brilliant brilliant uh people and so um he has a background in politics he was a candidate for the us congress and for state senate uh, both in his home state of Mississippi, where we're from. And he was a founding member of the Organizing Collective for Black Lives of Unitarian Universalism. One of the things that he does now is he is a board member for the Living Legacy Project and is a member of the campaign board for the LGBTQ Victory Fund. And in a, just a couple of weeks, we actually will have a guest on who is um, the president of the Living Legacy Project. So you'll hear more about that in the upcoming weeks. I'd like to welcome to the show, Reverend Carlton. Hey, Carlton. Hey, Reverend Dr. TLC. Good to be with you once again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So it's all yours. 
All right, so let's get this party started. So let's begin by just finding out a bit about some of the significant women of history that you learned about when you were a child or a young person. Hmm. So here's what's interesting. In school, I learned about probably two women, two Black women anyway. And those two, you guessed it, were Harriet Tubman and Sojourner Truth. Now, what I learned uh, about Harriet Tubman was minuscule compared to all the information that I know. And it's also with Sojourner Truth. All I knew was that uh, Sojourner Truth was a suffragist. I don't even know if I knew how profoundly involved she was as an abolitionist. I knew that Harriet Tubman was re responsible for freeing some enslaved people from through the Underground Railroad. But I never really understood the power in that because it's just so small. You don't know the significance that she had to wade through snake infested waters, that she was freeing people with babies with her. So what did they do so that the babies wouldn't cry? Um, understood that she carried a gun with her. I don't know that I realized that in elementary school or high school. I didn't understand how powerful these women were but I understood that they did something important. And that's the critical piece that I hold on to. And even though history didn't teach me what it, well, you know, history classes didn't teach me what they should have in high school. That piece, that piece right there encouraged me to say, these two sisters did something. And if they could do it, you know what? I think I could make a mark on history as well. Mm, thank you for that. And so what were some of the other ways that your awareness and your knowledge of them, how did that shape your thinking? So since I have become a little older, I've looked into their stories a little bit more. Um, Harriet Tubman's more than Sojourner Truths, but I do know a bit of her work and, uh, you know, her famous poem, uh, Ain't I a Woman, have really looked at that and kind of studied what she was sharing in that piece. I also want to be clear that even as an abolitionist and as a suffragist, I know that the rules were still different for her as a black woman than they were for the white suffragist. And so I just want to make that point. No, because we're in, we're talking about women's history. And the truth of the matter is all women have suffered to a degree, but there's always been a little tension between white women and women of color because white women have historically thought we need to just fight for women's issues. And Black women have said, but wait a minute, there's a difference between being a Black woman and a white woman. 
And white women have not always understood that. So there's been that tension at play. So I've learned that much as well, because I've learned that some of the very people that we highlight today, who were women suffragists and who were also abolitionists, racism still showed up in big ways, right? But I digress from your question. Harriet Tubman, I went to visit the Harriet Tubman Underground Railroad byway in Maryland this past summer. And I want to recommend it to everybody who goes to Maryland. Go there and see this uh, wonderful museum. It is not a big museum, but it is packed with knowledge. I was so deeply moved and I honor her even more knowing that this was a woman who had been enslaved for, I believe she was enslaved for 27 or 29 years, one or the other. That's what she knew, right? That she was an enslaved woman, but there were free people, free black people. And it encourages me that she did not let being a woman, being a woman who had uh, seizures, being um, at the time, I think, illiterate, she didn't let any of those things stop her from deciding that she was going to change the world. And so when it comes to what made me who I am, I can look back at her among others, and say, you know what? If she could do it with the limitations that were put before her, and she said, I'm not going to live in limitations, there's nothing that I can't do. So that's how she inspires me. All right. So we've got Sojourner Truth. We've got Harriet Tubman. Were there others that you learned about as you got older in time? So as you know, uh, going to Howard University, the number one historically black college and university. Um, we learned about a lot of people like, you know, Mary McLeod Bethune. I don't know that I knew about Mary McLeod Bethune before. I don't remember hearing that. Uh, and maybe I did. I just don't remember because when you get my age, you, the memory can be fuzzy. I think I knew about Bethune Cookman College, right? So I did know a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit about her, but I learned about her, you know, Madam C.J. Walker and guess, guess what, Carlton, just like you, Ida B. Wells. Now, what our audience should really know is that Ida B. Wells was from our very hometown. Did you learn about her in history class? I was in graduate school when I learned about Ida B. Wells. Now, isn't that a shame? We grew up in the exact town that Ida B. Wells lived in and never heard of this woman who did this very important work. But going to an historically Black college and university is one of the ways in which it opens up your mind and you learn about people like Nanny Helen Burroughs, right? Um, Dorothy Heights. We learned about her and even learning about, you know, poetry writers like Zora Neale Hurston or learning about people who were involved in the Harlem Renaissance. 
Now, I am very fortunate that I grew up in a home and being the youngest of 10, where I had the benefit of having books in my home where my siblings had gone to school. And so they had the books around about, uh, you know, Toni Morrison or Alice Walker, people like that. So they were not strangers to me when I got to college, but it certainly wasn't because they taught us this in school. So going to college really opened my mind up and also going to a college like um, in, in DC in particular was also important because DC has a rich history. So when I look back at those people, those women, they were always telling my story. And for me, that's significant because I could see myself and it's what helped to solidify the confidence that my parents had already instilled in me, that the people in my neighborhood had already instilled. So, you know, um, those are, are, are some, just a few of the women that helped to shape my life. Thank you for that. And I know we're going to have to go to a break in a moment, uh, but did you want to begin talking about what you learned about their character that shapes you today? Well, I, I would. Um, I would just say this, and then after the break, we can continue a little bit more. Um, it's really this idea of courage. You know, Nelson Mandela said that uh, courage isn't the absence of fear but is really moving through it despite that fear. So for me, it's about moving despite the feeling. We can't just rely on what it feels like because you're not going to feel good when you want to change. And then it's also about not listening to the naysayers. Because they were a lot of people who will tell you, you shouldn't do this. Look, I'm sure Harriet Tubman's husband, who got married on her, while, you know, which she discovered when she went back to get him. I got a lot to say about that, but I won't. Um, I'm sure they were saying, Harriet, don't do this. But she decided she was going to do it anyway. So I look at those women and I learned that if you want to go through a door, you're the one who might have to knock that door down. I can't wait for you to knock it down for me. Now, if you want to help me, that's great. But I've got to be the one to say, this is what's going to happen. So speaking of you helping me to knock that down, I do want to just point out another thing, and then, and then we'll go to, to break, and that is you have to trust some people along the way. Harriet had to trust the people on the Underground Railroad, and some of those people were white people. So it's not about the, your skin tone. It's really about showing your heart and showing people that you are willing to go the journey with them. So I'm going to pause there and we're going to take a break. And when we come back, I'll share a few more of my learnings. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism, 
Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back, everyone, to the Dismantle Racism Show with the Reverend Dr. TLC. I'm your guest today, the Reverend Carlton E. Smith. I have the privilege of interviewing uh, Reverend Doctor today, and we're just inside of this conversation about people who have inspired us. And as we're aware in this conversation, this uh, this quest to dismantle racism has been going on for many, many generations. And even though I don't know that they might have called it the same thing back in their time, the people that we're speaking of going back into the 1900s, into the 1800s, also had their own vision of like what dismantling racism was all about. So, uh, Reverend Doctor, are there other people that you would lift up that have inspired you along the way and maybe mm-hmm. even some people in the in our more contemporary time mm-hmm. so could i i, I want to answer that can i go back to some of the learnings because i i oh, think yeah, it's sure. really really important um and and that is really around not letting obstacles stop you If it were easy, everybody would engage in the process of dismantling racism. But it's not easy, which is why I wrote my book to encourage people during this this process, because I talk about it being the sacred intelligence journey of faith. And I've already mentioned about Harriet having what looked like limitations. She kept more reasons than one to say, I can't do this. But she decided that she was going to get around those limitations. Some people allow heartache to keep them from moving forward. When Harriet went back 
and her husband was married to someone else, I'm sure she was crushed. But guess what? She said, well, I didn't make this trip for nothing. She took other people back with her to the north. So we cannot allow our obstacles to get in the way of progress. So I want to encourage the listeners today to figure out whatever that thing is that's holding you back from being fully committed to racial equity. See it for what it is. It's an excuse. Because you can do what you put your mind to doing. The other thing that that's a learning for me, and this is steeped in my parents raising me, but every civil rights movement that I've ever uh, read about, social justice movement, there has been a centering on the sacred, a centering on God. Harriet Tubman relied on God to guide her. So when she would have a seizure, she considered them visions. And she relied on that vision to carry her from one move to the next. She was a phenomenal woman. Phenomenal. She also recognized to me, now she may not say it this way, but I'm going to say it this way, her own divinity. Because when you're connected with the sacred, you're connected with your own divinity and you rely on that voice more than you do the voice of others. Because the world will tell you all sorts of negative things about yourself. So what Harriet did, what I do, what I know other people who've been involved in social justice work is they rely on something bigger than themselves, which is what I talk about again in my book about understanding who you are, understanding your your motive for doing this work. And then the third thing that I want to say, and then I, I will answer your question about other folks, is stay focused. Stay focused on the goal. It is so easy to get distracted, particularly when we are good at a lot of things or when we want to fight a lot of causes or when other folks want you to engage in their agenda. Just because you're good at a thing doesn't mean it's the thing for you to do, right? I get that, understand that. So if your goal is that you're going to focus on racial equity in whatever particular area you're doing, because see, racial equity crosses all lines, LBGTQIA issues, issues of disability, housing, all of that. But you can decide that even with the work that you're going to do, that you are going to pay attention to racial inequities. So make sure that you focus on that goal and don't let anybody distract you. Don't let your emotions distract you. Don't let your ego distract you. Just do it. So there are lots of other learnings I'm sure we could talk about. But um, in terms of just other people uh, who have inspired me, one of my biggest biggest sheroes is Fannie Lou Hamer. Now, interestingly, she's also from Mississippi, but down in the Delta. You want to know when I learned 
not about her because I've known about her. But when I learned the most about Fannie Lou Hamer, when I was in divinity school at Yale University, I took a class called Martin, Malcolm, and the Civil Rights Movement. Fannie Lou Hamer, and this is important for the listeners to know, because see, we hear these names and we don't know the sacrifices. This was a woman who in 1964 spoke at the DNC, Democratic National Convention. This was a woman who was not uh, very educated. She was a sharecropper, grew up in poverty. But she heard a sermon one day that inspired her to do this work. She suffered brutality as a result of trying to register people to vote. One day she was on a bus with some people who she was taking to, to register. They pulled them all off. They put them in a jail cell. And then they made two black men, the sheriffs and the deputies, made two black men beat her nearly to death. They put planks inside of a sock and just beat her. And the reason why I'm telling people this is because we need to know the sacrifices that have been made for us. And so when I look at what Fannie Lou Hamer did for me, I better take my butt out and vote all the time. I can't whine or complain when things get hard for me doing this work, because it's not always easy. But this is a woman who nearly died. And guess what? She still registered people to vote and still went to the DNC. How dare she have the audacity to defy other folks? But you know what she said? I'm sick and tired of being tired. So she was willing to die. Now, I'm not telling folks they got to go out here and die. But that does happen. So when you talk about the people who inspire me, Fannie Lou Hamer, my goodness, what an incredible woman. And then, you know, there's Ella Baker. I didn't know who Ella Baker was. Why? Because patriarchy still existed in the civil rights movement. So what did Ella Baker? Ella Baker, she fought really alongside Dr. King, but you didn't hear her story. And Ella Baker said, I don't have to be out there for everybody to, to see who I am. I don't have to let my ego get in the way. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And so she was a voice for justice. And then there were people like Joanne Robinson, who I never heard of before going to divinity school. Joanne Robinson, she had already shown that you can boycott the bus system and it have an impact. See, folks don't know that either. What they know is Rosa Parks and what they know is a sanitized version of even the Rosa Parks story that, that it, this was just like an unplanned movement. That's bull because no one is going to engage in the work of social justice in the way they did if it was unplanned. So Joanne Robinson already was a, was a model for how this could work. And overnight, she and her students, a couple of students, made all of these copies of flyers to send out to the community. So 
all of those people inspire me to keep going. I could go on and on and on. And then there are people that I've learned about just even in the last month when we've celebrated Dr. King, people who were involved in helping, right? And so I want to encourage people that even when you don't know them by name, these are the people who helped make you who you are. And that's why I want to highlight them during Women's History Month. Because if not for them, I wouldn't be where I am. Now, I just want to say this because I know we have to go to break. There are white women who have inspired me as well. And their stories need to be told because we don't tell their stories. And there are white women who were involved in the civil rights movement that we need to talk about as well. Now, it's up to you listeners to go do your homework, to find out who are the people who've made you who you are. Who are the folks that you can go back and look at their past and say, I, I can do it if they can do it. So I'll stop for now because I know we have to take a really quick break and we will be right back with our last segment of the Dismantle Racism Show. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. We're back with the Dismantle Racism Show. We're in our last segment of the show. Reverend Carlton, what yes. other questions do you have for me? Well, I'm just wondering how, 
how do you encourage people to just carry on? I know that you, you've got your radio show, you've got the book that's been out for a while now. What are the sort of like day-to-day practices that you employ that keep you grounded and keep you ready for this work? As you say, it's, it's often very difficult, but you continue to return to it. And I know that there's sort of like the examples that we have from the past, but day-to-day, what does, what does your practice look like that allows you to continue to engage in the struggle? Mm. So first and foremost, I have a practice of where I ground myself every day. And whether I am intentional about racial equity or not, racial inequity slaps me in the face very often. And so it's really about making a commitment to God, of course, but making a commitment to humanity. And that's a personal thing. So the practice for me is around constantly remembering it's not about me and yet it is about me in the sense that what I do matters. So I always talk about in this show that we're all connected. Long before I was talking, well, I shouldn't say long before I was talking about racial equity, but even in my first book, where I wasn't talking about racial equity. I talked about this concept of Ubuntu. I am because you are, you are because I am. And so I've always known that I don't exist in the silo. So for me, my practice is to keep coming back to the greater good. So I spend time talking with the sacred. We have some interesting conversations because, you know, sometimes I'm just like, okay, What is this going to change? So that's the real of this, right? That's the real. But then again, I come back to it's not about me. The second thing that I do is I I have a lot of people like you who support me and who remind me of who I am on a day-to-day basis, whether you're saying anything or not, whether we're in conversation, knowing that I have people who believe it, who believe in me doing this work, but who also believe that racial equity is important, that helps to ground me. I have lots of people of all races who I engage in this work with. That's important to me. And then Carlton, you know, one of the things that also keeps me at it, and I don't want to underestimate this People tell me how my work is changing their lives. And the reason why that's important is because in our lives, whatever we do, it's important to receive affirmation for that. I have people who will write to me who will say, Dr. TLC, I just finished your book and it was awesome. I have people of color who've read that book and my target audience. I'm going to be very transparent with white people, but I have people of color who've read the book and who've said, I didn't think the book was going to shake me in the way that it did, but it's making me think about my own work in this area. I had someone who called me yesterday who they just finished it in their book club. 
And she told me about this wonderful thing they did. The last chapter, I talk about a labyrinth. So she called to tell me that when they were meeting for their last meeting, someone brought in um, a, a, a mobile labyrinth and they walked it. Oh, I get, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. And if you haven't read the book, you have to read it so that you know what that labyrinth is all about. And she talked about how moving it was for this experience. And so I'm always encouraged to keep going because I know that what I do matters. And I think I thank God for pouring the gift into me. So I think that answered your question in terms of what do I do to keep Absolutely. myself going. And um, the other thing is, I know that people depend on me to do it because I've had people to say, I don't know how you do this. I couldn't do it. And I know for their sake, I need to do this work. And as you know, um, Carlton, that um, the church that I pastor was burned down as a result of a hate crime. And so there's a constant need that this is in my face. And so I have to do the work. Well, on behalf of your appreciative viewers and all of us, just, we thank you so much for continuing to be so steadfast and unmovable and unstoppable in the work that you're doing on behalf of dismantling racism and all the many ways that you're doing that and just sending you so much love and appreciation today. Hmm. Well, thank you. And I just want to say there, I, there's no way I could do this without support. When we look at people like Harriet, Fannie Lou Hamer, Ella Baker, Dorothy Heights, you know, Diane Nash. When we look at all of those individuals, even, even women today, when we look at a Stacey Abrams, you know, a, uh, the, the honorable Katanji Jackson Brown, uh, Brown Jackson, Brown Jackson. Uh, when we look at Vice President Kamala Harris, now those are the people that we see. There are a million of those people out there that we don't see. When I look at what my mother went through in Mississippi, and we had a good, good life in that I don't remember. It wasn't a life like Fannie Lou Hamer's, let me put it like that. Didn't mean that we didn't have discrimination. But when I look at what she endured, your mother, what she endured, like, and what they accomplished in spite of, you see, that's what makes me who I am. And if they could do it, if they could do it, how dare we sit down, Carlton? It's like it's like mother to son, you know, Langston Hughes piece. Life for them was no crystal stair. And they still climbed. No excuse for us. Absolutely no excuse. So I have to continue the work. I'm thankful for those of you who are listening, who continue to engage in this work. And I hope that there's something that we've said today that's going to encourage you to keep moving. Please, please, please do reach out to me at sacredintelligence.com and let me know how you're doing. Let me know your thoughts about the show and don't forget to subscribe to the show. 
I want to invite you to make every day a day where you show up, not just for yourself, but where you really show up for the people who came before you and the people who are depending on you now. I thank you so much for listening. I thank my guest interviewer today, the Reverend Carlton Smith, for being here. I know it's early for him because he's on Pacific Coast time. So I do want to thank him for getting up and engaging in this process with me. Again, if you'd like to know more about ways to dismantle racism, ways to work with me or having me to come into your organization or to work with me privately, visit sacredintelligence.com. Now stay tuned for the Conscious Consultant Hour with Sam Leibowitz, where he helps you to walk through life with the greatest of ease and joy. May today you tap into that sacred part of you that allows you to make choices that manifest the good in you and those around you. Know that we are all one and exist because of one another. Make it a priority to share love, hope, compassion, and peace today. Be well, be safe, be encouraged. Until next time, as the Reverend Carlton always says to me, bye for now. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. on edge hey we live in challenging edgy times so let's lean in i'm sandra bargeman the host of the edge of every day which airs each monday at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges that's the edge of every day on mondays at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us.
passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 